Hey everybody, welcome to MinMax. Today we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, I'm going to be doing a kind of a video talking about some of the things that I think are happening in Legacy of the Day uh, and how to address them or join them. Um, we're going to do kind of this interesting different format where uh, essentially I speak my thoughts out loud kind of in a more like stream of consciousness uh, sort of more flowing uh, discourse and just to see, kind of see where this goes. I know that day nine, uh, Sean Plott has done content like this in the past where he kind of just rambles and I'm sure there are many other content creators out there on YouTube that do similar f formats for their video content. Um, we're going to touch on uh, kind of the things that are going on in Legacy right now after the fallout of kind of these cascading power very, very powerful things that are happening across the format and essentially what to do about them and what to do, uh, just like kind of analyzing le legacy as a whole and overall kind of seeing how we want to approach the format. Um, first of all, I'm going to talk about, well, obviously kind of the elephant in the room, uh, Ren and Six, this card right here. Uh, I'm also going to discuss how to build several of the decks that you've seen uh, showcased on um, min-max lately. So some of like these uh, Ant from the last min-max uh, battle video, Miracles, Delver, uh, and kind of taking Grixis Snow um, and just kind of seeing how each of those decks... I'm, I'm not really sure where uh, I'm going to end up at the end of this video. Uh, obviously, it's going to be kind of this work in progress that we do. But hopefully y'all enjoy it, and we can we can kind of start doing some more organic uh, pieces of content on MinMax just like this. Now, kind of the elephant in the room, and the most and the and the question that most people ask me these days is, Ren and Six A, um, what do I think about it? Uh, B, how to play against it or attack it? and see if it's a ban-worthy card or not. Um, just to kind of preface this whole discussion, I think that it's important to understand that Legacy as a whole um, is a relatively slow-moving format, in, historically, especially compared to Standard and Modern. Um, there are a few reasons for this. Uh, number one is, is usually lack of events and lack of data. Uh, from set events. Usually when you have events for Legacy, you kind of have to deal with um, either Star City Games team opens, which since we can't usually get the individual records of the team members themselves, it's difficult to fully ascertain how effective those results are. Um, and then you'll get uh, kind of a slew of events from different regions. Um, Japan has legacy events at their Haruya location uh, all the time. I could be like look at legacy metagame here and just click on Ant, for example. You'll see that they'll have events like the Emperor of Legacy um, and they have their, their weeklies and they also record league results here as well. Uh, you'll also have several events like Four Seasons. Um, Four Seasons, Avino, Avino Get In, uh, and you'll get like when Legacy Staples events, uh, the Card Kingdom um, Preservation Series, things like that. 
and they're not always the most high stakes events, especially because they're not considered like GP level or above and so on. Um, so the data that we have to work with, with in terms of legacy results themselves is relatively low compared to other formats. That primarily is because other formats are affected primarily by the Star City Games Tour um, and that they play every week or every other week and a different deck wins and metagame kind of revolves around that dichotomy of the other deck that's winning because people perceive that deck to be good and they react to it in some way, shape, or form. Uh, there's also Grand Prix um, at, at Magic Fest and those also shape the metagame around um, those specific formats. Unfortunately, Legacy does not have nearly as many events as Standard Modern, and thus we deal with kind of picking and choosing data. We're presented with uh, challenges, but again, uh, the weekly challenges, there's a, usually a subset number of people that always win or do well in them, and they usually play what they perceive to be the best deck, and those perceptions are catered, and, and, and so on. Um, but essentially, uh, and, and in particular, Legacy itself has kind of... Uh, we, we just caught, finished a team open um, at the Star City Games Philadelphia Open that was top-aided by several decks, but I think it's fairly clear to see Four-Color Delver, Four-Color Control, Teamer Delver. These three decks all played around in six. Four-Color Control, Four-Color Control, Four-Color Control is a Delver. So six of the top eight decks in the team open. Again, this is the with the caveat that we do not have personal results, so we don't know how each of these team members actually did. Um, six of these eight were red and six decks, and uh, there's a very clear reason for that, obviously. Uh, we'll, and of course, we'll touch that in just a second. Um, but if you keep scrolling down and looking through like the top 25 or so, you'll see quite a few more red and six decks as well. Um, and the classic, you have one Ren and six deck in the top, uh, excuse me, two Ren and six decks in the top eight with, with the four color alone as well. Now, Ren and six, uh, just like Dreadhor Arcanist, just like Narset Transcend, or sorry, Narset Parter Veils, just like Teferi Time Raveler, just like Karn, um, gosh, I'm blanking on the name. Not Karn Liberated. Karn the Great Creator. There we go. Um, when a new card is introduced at a higher power level in Legacy, uh, especially as quickly as we've had them with War of the Spark and 20 and so on, um, it's really, really difficult for the entire format to re revolve and react around it. And uh, Legacy in, in general suffers from this just due to the fact that the lack of events. People try not to, don't, immediately try to figure out the format unless they're practicing preparing for usually a higher stakes event. Um, I know I personally enjoy dabbling with different lists here and there, playing a different version of Delver that I may not believe to be substantially powerful, but I don't put in the work, the, the hours required to perfect a deck list against a, a format that I perceive to exist unless there's a reason, uh, unless there are stakes involved. And in most cases, the stakes are usually traveling for a Grand Prix or an Eternal Weekend or a Team Open or an Open. Um, so this Team Open is the first legacy event um, culminating uh, since essentially th these three sets all dropped in quick succession. Um, and I think 
the, the first big paper event that a lot of people in general are working and tuning their decks against. And there, since uh, very quickly we see that Ren and Six has dominated the format. Um, now, this card, we've, we've written countless pieces about it and how powerful it truly is. And a lot of people kind of discuss this being like a ban-worthy card, um, kind of comparing it to Death Rush Shaman in, in, in a lot of ways. And they are similar cards, absolutely, but um, Ren and Six actually has some difficulty in being cast. And th there's a caveat there, of course, and I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in a second, in that it, it, it's red and green, and those are not easy colors in, in Legacy to kind of support. Um, they're notoriously, notoriously excuse me, considered among the worst colors in Legacy, in fact. Um, red's primary draw has been Lightning Bolt and Red Elemental Blast Pyroblast effects. Green, um, Tarmogoyf uh, is the main, like, uh, Tarmogoyf and Abrupt Decay are the two main draws to green in a lot of cases, and you'll see them both actually in the deck lists in front of us today. Um, but Red and Six itself is so powerful that the cost of playing red and green uh, is considered not really a, that much of a cost compared to the effect that you get for that mana. Um, and it's a deceptively powerful card. It's a, it's a two-mana Planeswalker, which I think is very baseline powerful, but it ticks up to four loyalty, which is kind of uh, egregious, to be quite honest. It, it should not... If it ticked up to three, uh, I think it would be a significantly more balanced card. Um, but again, there's a, a lot of numerous things that could make the card a bit more balanced. We're not we're not here to talk about game balance. We're, talk, we're here to talk about what exists today and how to how to react to it. So, red and six, very powerful card. Um, it's it buys back a land every turn, or it it kills off one toughness creatures, and it has a, a, a very much a game winning ultimate. Uh, red and six with a combination of cards like punishing fire, uh, lightning bolts. Uh, even just brainstorm retraction, uh, like retracing back brainstorm, very, very, very easy to get far ahead and win the game from that from those positions. Now, until today, uh, in fact, just this morning, I kind of failed to quantify one of the most important aspects of Run in Six, and I think kind of the the cornerstone of to why the card is absolutely worth building your entire deck around. And that is, it's plus one ability makes your cantrips better. Um, what I mean by that is, uh, cantrips and legacy in general kind of have this caveat attached to them in that there's a cost associated with playing them, playing cantrips, and that is, you're going to be, your, your cantrips and, um, backing up, there's something called the Xerox theory, and that is, you don't necessarily need that high of a land count uh, in your deck if you have the ability to filter to find a land or a spell when you need one or the other. Um, essentially that boils down to cantrips equal some number of your mana base because they help you establish your mana base. Now, uh, so in, when it comes to like cantrips and, and in Miracles, I think it's a perfect example of a, of a Turbo Xerox deck. Um, you have, I have, eight of the original of the best cantrips in Legacy, Brainstorm and Ponder, and then I have two supplemental ones in Preordain, just so I can kind of cohesively balance lands and spells. 
Uh, Miracles itself, actually, and, I've, and I've, again, I've written about this before, is essentially two decks glued together. Um, the first deck is a removal-heavy deck. The second deck is a permission-heavy deck. And they're glued together by the cantrips, and cantrips also help you establish your mana base. Um, they let you find lands when you need, need it, need them, and then tuck away lands when you don't. So in, in most cases, you'll see a lot of like Miracles decks, a lot of Delver decks play a lot of one-land Ponder hands because Ponder fixes the next few draw steps for them, finding mana, finding, finding spells, finding threats when they need them. The difference is with Ren and Six, um, because Ren and Six also fixes your mana base and finds you lands, your cantrips are no longer adhering fully to the, the necessity of finding lands. Uh, Ren and Six in and of itself can find lands for you. So that's that, that's very powerful, obviously. It, if you can use your pan cantrips to always look for uh, gas, essentially is the kind of magical term for it, then you do not have to react um, to getting mana screwed or mana flooded. Renin 6 just does everything for you. Um, it has a game-winning ultimate that actually is good if you're flooded, which is some kind of bizarre, to be quite honest. Um, but Renin 6... On its own, it's this one-card engine that makes your cantrips significantly better. Um, kind of stabling away the fact that your cantrips now have to look for mana is incredibly powerful. Um, cantrips are obviously great in Legacy. That's the primary draw to play in blue in your deck period. And Ren and Six makes them significantly better. Um, they also find fetches for you to filter your cantrips in additionally. So Ponder or Brainstorm are way better if you have a fetch land around. And Renin 6 finds additional fetch lands for you and had kind of automatically hands them to you so you can just continue filtering. Um, and I that that I think is the key way to understand how the card operates and why it's powerful enough to build around. And I think it's difficult to say say this, um, but Renin 6, because of what it does to cantrips is significantly more powerful than i think any other kind of one card engine in legacy and the draw to it you'll you'll, you'll see like people like anurag das um kind of playing ren and miracles uh and that it he's, he's trying to kind of put ren and six and miracles into the same shell because ren and six is just so powerful with what it does to your cantrip sequencing and uh, I, I believe that if you want to play fair blue in Legacy, you definitely need to respect Ren and Six in some fashion. Either play it yourself or guarantee that you can beat it. And the second part is really hard to do. The first part, not so hard to do. Now, the deck you see in front of you is uh, what's known as four color control, trek pile, snow color control, grub control, whatever. Um, uh, this 5-0 specifically, this was uh, from Rugved Karhade. Um, he he was... Uh, Daryl Ayers, um, Anurag, Rug, they were all kind of part of the forefront of understanding how Ren 6 was so good. And this snow mana base alongside Arkham's Astrolabe allows you to very frequently cast Ren 6 on turn 2, um, sometimes on turn 3 if you're, if you're developing your mana. And it essentially created this deck that you see before it, which looks completely bizarre because it's playing four colors, but it has five basics in it. And that is 
uh, excuse me, six basics with the fours as well. Uh, and that is kind of bizarre to think about because a four color deck usually has entirely too many color requirements in order to support basic lands at all. Uh, in fact, Checkpile before the Death of Shaman ban played two basics, sometimes one, sometimes zero, um, because it was so like colored mana intensive. But with Arkham's Astrolabe and Renin Six, the combination combination of the two allows you to develop your mana, and then also com almost completely ignore the existence of mana disruption. If you get Westlanded, Renin Six buys that back for you, and you can also just have a basic only start and play like every color of mana in your deck, and that is very 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 difficult to fully attack. I, there are ways to do it. Absolutely, there are ways to beat a deck like this. Um, there are ways to hate it. We'll talk about that here in a moment. But I just want to kind of recognize the strength of this of this archetype, and the reason that it can even exist is because Renin Six fixes your mana, and Astrolabe fixes your mana, so you don't have to worry about mana for the rest of the game. Um, it supercharges your cantrips because your mana is set, uh, and I, I think that concept is the whole reason that Renin Six is so powerful. Now, now that we've identified Ren um, kind of being the focal point of Legacy going forward, uh, especially after the team open here, um, there are ways to attack it. And I'm hoping that several ways, or several methods, several of these methods will help kind of make it not quite as overpowering and as, as converging of a force of fair blue decks as Death or Chaman was um, before. And uh, the, the two cards are very different because Desert Shaman just comes out in turn one and completely invalidates everything. Um, every form of disruption and can clock your opponent as, as it serves as a, as a hate card. Ren 6 slightly less flexible than Desert Shaman, but still very powerful. And that, that the fact that it just supercharges your cantrip so, so much is something that Desert Shaman never had a chance to do. So, how do you beat Renin 6? Well, there are a couple of specific cards that I wanted to discuss um, and a couple of specific kind of archetypes that are very powerful against shells like this. Um, you'll notice that this deck is very... It's difficult for this deck to answer Planeswalkers um, that are more than four mana cost. It only has four forcibles as permission. Um, everything else kind of centers around generating value, destroying creatures, or burning um, to defeat Planeswalkers, or pressuring via their meager creature package. Uh, you'll notice, let me see. I believe I imported this deck list earlier. Here we go. Oops. We're doing this live. <laughs> okay. So this was the deck that won the Saturday Challenge. Uh, full disclosure, I believe they split the finals, but they were the same 75. The first and second place were the same 75. So for all intents and purposes, this deck won the challenge. Um, this is Mono Red Prison, uh, a deck that I think a lot of people remember. Um, it has kind of fallen out of favor, but it, I think it's a kind of a force to be reckoned with once again, because it has two things in it that are very powerful against kind of Renin 6 grindy decks. The first is it has 
Chalice, um, followed up by kind of a scary things. So Chalice of the Void is a powerful card, but these decks can generally ignore Chalice if it has their own way generating value. So in order to properly leverage Chalice, you have to have a kind of a quick clock of your own. So they usually have Chalice followed up by a Goblin or a Blood Moon Effect or a Planeswalker. Um, that's kind of the, the whole concept of the deck. And not, it's going to be very difficult for these decks to be able to defeat Chandra, Karn, um, while also having to deal with lock pieces in the form of Blood Moon, Magus of the Moon, Trinisphere, and uh, Chalice of the Void, while also being pressured by Goblin Rabbitmaster and Legion Warboss. So this deck is very, very well poised against kind of these Renin 6 very va more value-oriented decks. Um, just as an archetype entirely, this, this is very powerful against them. Another archetype um, that actually highlights a card that I believe is very powerful going forward and also utilizes Renin 6 itself is kind of this Mavericky Four Column mashup um, piloted by Dan Neely in the seventh place in the last challenge. It Knight of the Reliquary is very difficult for Renin 6 to Renin 6 decks to kill. Um, outside, and you can engineer sequences that even their kill spells don't really work against it. Uh, Erupt Decay, of course, and Fatal Push are very good, but you have a multitude of targets against those decks anyway. Um, Leon of the Veil is actually okay against these decks, but the actual highlight here is the Zenith Package, the Chalices, Chalices of the Void, the Erupt Decays themselves to destroy opposing Renin Sixes, and this card, Scavenging Ooze. I'll get to this in a second. Uh, I believe I had one more. Yeah, another, this is regular uh, Maverick, uh, just green-white, no no black splash this time, but I believe this deck is also quite good against opposing Renin 6 decks. Even though it does contain quite a few one-toughness creatures, it has enough beefy threats, followed up by Scavenging Ooze, um, which is good against just Renin 6 shells in general, to kind of grind them, grind further against them. I will say these, these scavenging use is probably the least exciting card of the possibilities that you can use against Ren, um, but it is an option that you might want to pack more copies of this card. It, honestly, even in Ren mirrors, scavenging use is probably great. Uh, it doesn't really die too much post board uh, because your removal is usually bad against the deck in the first place, and it hates against both Ren, Snapcaster Mage, Kick Command Loop, and so on. And it's not cleanly answered by either of the blasts, and it's a, it's a cheap enough threat to get underneath kind of repeated discard. So that's the first card I wanted to highlight. The second, uh, you kind of kind of glimpse of it as I was going through. This is an oldie but a goodie. Um, this is what is known as well. I don't know the best way to describe this deck, except for the fact that it's uh, it's known as red in taxes. You, you see four colors in the in the deck name, but it's actually just two, maybe three. Uh, well, three post-board. Um, Mardu taxes, I guess is a more correct name, technically speaking. Um, this is a 5-0 um, published a, a long time ago by Mark Koenig, Barra. And essentially it, it has, it's a dozen Texas list that has additional kind of grindy uh, 
elements associated with it uh, and kind of gets lower on the one toughness uh, scale. And it has, I think, perhaps maybe one of the, one of the most powerful cards against Ren and Six, but no longer on its own, um, is Hallowed Spirit Keeper. Um, Hallowed Spirit Keeper is a creature that just that completely tilts um, any Grixis kind of shell. Th those matchups uh, almost entirely on its head. Um, you may be familiar with a streamer by the name of XJ Cloud. I witnessed him playing in either a challenge or a leak or something, and he was playing against Grixis Control. And the matchup was getting pretty mediocre. X Ray Cloud Mulligan to a very, very poor hand. Um, and he eventually went to go recruiter for a Hollowed Spirit Keeper. Oh, he was playing against Edgar, Edgar Magalish, in a challenge a couple of weeks ago. Um, Edgar was on a four color control. Uh, this was before Ren and Six, but I'm kind of going to use this example to illustrate exactly what the card does. Um, and once Recruiter went and got Spirit Keeper, the entire texture of the match changed. Edgar's hand was fan Edgar's hand and his game plan. He was very, very, very far ahead, and Spirit Keeper just tilted the entire game plan on on on, on its own. Um, now this deck list is older, like I said before, uh, and I would make quite a few changes to it. I think. Uh, I might not worry about the taxation package anymore, and I might, I would maybe cut the Vrins um, entirely. Play another Hallowed Spirit Keeper in the main deck, like so. Um, and the Cerebenders are a great call at this metagame as well, just due to the fact that Ren and Six can't destroy it, and it can kind of be a pain for Ren 6 decks to deal with. Uh, Dire Fleet, since these Ren decks also just pack chock full of removal, Dire Fleet is great there as well. Um, it, I, like I said, I'm not trying to highlight too many like cards specifically, but I think a deck like this can definitely do better than traditional Death and Taxes can against a Ren-heavy metagame. Um, so there's Hallowed Spirit Keeper, that's like the kind of the, the card that I zeroed in on. However, you'll notice that these Ren decks also contain like main deck and sideboard copies of Plague Engineer, which makes a lot of these X1 strategies dicey at best. So Plague Engineer is a, is a very clean answer to Hollow Spirit Keeper tokens. And that play pattern will line up quite frequently. Um, so how do you respond to that? With another Mark special, Honor of the Pure, um, by boosting your little creature's toughness, Honor of the Pure can kind of help you grind out against Ren and Six as well. Now, Honor is not 100% easy to land because the Ren decks do also play Abrupt Decay. Um, this will still help supplement your plan of uh, like little creatures against um, a deck built to demolish those little creatures. Uh, Honor of the Pure actually lines up very well against the, a lot of the removal in those decks, and it kind of puts your Spirit Keepers... Um, your Sarah Avengers, sorry, your Spirit Keeper tokens and your Sarah Avengers um, out of the range of a lot of their hate pieces. So those two cards in conjunction can definitely help tilt the matchup in your favor to some extent. The matchup is still unfavorable, of course, but you can respond to it by including those cards in your deck. Um, 
And in terms of specific decks and cards, uh, I did this in my min-max video, but I didn't really explain what I was doing. Um, including copies of Hydroblast in your blue sideboard helps a lot against a Renin 6 deck overall. Obviously, it's not a one-to-one -one answer, but Hydroblast has actually gotten a lot better in Legacy lately. Um, just in general, because of Renin 6 and, and Dreadhorde Arcanist, those two, those two cards. Um, almost, almost as playable as Pyroblast, but not, not, not actually quite. Almost kind of is like, is, is pushing it a little bit. But Hydroblast plus the combination of Back to Basics, um, and answers to Renin 6 with perhaps Spell Pierces and so on, um, can go a long way. I will say that Spell Pierce against Ren decks gets bad really fast because Ren just buys back mana to be able to play around Spell Pierce, which is why I'm not playing any uh, in this specific 75. I think Spell Snare is also like a, a great card in the metagame right now, though, once again, its window of relevance is very, very minimal. Um, once Ren starts letting your, you out mana your opponent, they're gonna get into multiple spell territory and Spell Snare loses its viability quickly. Lastly, um, let's see. This is four color delver. Oh, yes. Um, you can also just try to combo kill your opponent. Um, you'll notice that in this deck, like I said before, the combo hate is fairly minimal. Um, there's four Forcibles main deck, Plague Engineer kind of counts, and there's no discard main. Um, there's Thoughtseize in the sideboard and Ley Lines, and then the Blast, but nothing really concrete. Um, when you're playing, playing against combos, difficult. Um, and I think in order to be truly favored against combo, you have to qualify for three, to, three out of four or four out of four of the following things. Uh, a fast clock, hand disruption, permanent base disruption, and counter magic. Um, this deck that you see before you has hand disruption, kind of, and counter magic. It, I don't think those those two are enough to be considered favored against combo by any means. Um, like this deck has permanent base disruption and hopefully a quick clock. If not, they have more permanent base disruption. Um, this deck also has permanent base disruption and definitely a quick clock and so on. Um, so I think a deck like Ant, um, would be fantastic against any of these Ren decks just due to the fact that they don't play nearly as much disruption as these decks used to. Um, Ant is great. Sneak and Show, also probably a, a viable plan, though I will say Sneak and Show is maybe worse against these decks than Ant would be, just due to less like proactive interactive elements. But again, it's like close. There are just different ways to interact with Sneak and Show that these decks already kind of have built into them that they don't necessarily have as much against Storm. Though they are combo decks, so they have a fail rate. So it's not gonna it would be a guaranteed success, but it will definitely see kind of an uptick in, in wins if you were to play combo against them. So that's essentially what I think about Ren. Um, I don't think, I think it's far too early to talk about bans. I think the card Ren is interesting. And I think it's a very difficult to, card to fully evaluate on power level alone. 
and I think that there are multitude of ways to attack Ren overall. Though I will say that the snow mana base and kind of retooling of this deck and the possibilities behind it, for example, this list um, has like Thoughtseize's main to be a little bit more insulated against combo. Um, it has Strixen main as well. Strix Sturges, Sturges, I believe, is actually the the plural of Strix. Um, this is from uh, Daryl Ayer's uh, open top eight list, um, and it has three Jaces to be even more grindy than than other Ren decks would be. Um, you you can kind of retool this deck to be a little bit better and a little bit more insulated against the things that you expect to play against. So Lexi's kind of in this weird spot where people are reacting to different decks um, coming to the forefront of the metagame, correcting against them, and then losing to something else. So that's usually the sign actually of a, of a healthy metagame, but Ren's design uh, is the, the scary part in my opinion. And the card is very powerful. And like I'll even say that I am strongly considering grinding this deck um, full-time right now because of just how powerful it can be and how difficult to attack it actually is there's only so many things you can do um i know that for example if we were to look at michael coyle the mono blue urza list uh michael coyle also known as sisters mpg a very very good friend of mine um was describing how much how how difficult it was to repeatedly play against kind of these four color pile type decks because they were difficult. They attacked you from multiple angles and this deck specifically lost to a lot of those angles. It loses, it, it lost to wasteland recursion. Sometimes it lost to like a cre a key abrupt decay on a, on a threat. Um, it, some, some of these piles play him to off. They lost it, it. It's, it's being attacked from multiple angles. But the underlying commonality behind all of these decks is Renin Six and the mana bases that it enables. Um, you might even see like feature five color piles featuring Lingering Souls as the white splash and like maybe Source of Plasters post board to help weak like th th those things. Oh, I guess there's another deck that preys on Renin Six that I did not mention. Uh, let me see if it's on here. I suppose not. All right. So this deck, uh, known as Midrange or uh, Golgari Depths, I think is very, very good against the Ren decks because it has a very, very fast Merit Lage that a lot of those Ren decks have two Wastelands and an Edict and a, and a couple of Jaces to kind of interact with. And it plays a lot of removal um, sorry, it plays a lot of hand disruption to kind of know when to go for it, when not to go for it. It can destroy Ren 6 on its own. Um, and it can... It, it, it's a deck that has a fast combo that sidesteps a lot of the things that the Ren decks are doing. And then this deck is also very good. Um, you're just kind of in a Ren-heavy metagame. I would, I would definitely keep an eye out on this. But I, I hate to play Devil's Advocate once again, but if you can make a four-color mana base with six basics work, 
you might be able to make a five kilometer base with three basics work um and then play like lingering souls and then sort of flashers post cyborg you want to kind of alleviate um some of the weaknesses that this deck could have to say depths or like um delver base strategies it's 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 really kind of it's it's a weird time to be playing legacy because we are not used to that quick kind of speedy change that happens between the top deck and the top deck and the top deck um and i think that this deck can definitely be reacted to uh with without too much of a shifting of a game plan though that does require you to play cards like hydroblast or multiple copies of scavenging ooze or playing hallowed spirit keeper in your death and taxes deck that you may not have been comfortable with in the past um that's really all it all it means and each deck that corrects to beat the ren decks um will have their own separate weaknesses that are going to be beaten by other decks for example uh if you were to say play like storm uh, heavily uh these decks could try to sidestep that by playing copies of hymnaturak or null rod well i guess you can't play null rod with the astrolabes but um just like more discard and that leaves them weak to other areas like blue red delver for example is still the most represented delver deck it's still the i, I still think it's the best delver deck um i think four color delver is close but it it leverages Ren six very well but and and of course charmagoyf is a, is a fantastic threat right now but i think blue red in its mana base if you if you can react a bit to charmagoyf you can win in the heads up uh battle because you get to c play more copies of true nemesis um and have ways to deal with opposing player engineers and so on um it's 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 just a d difficult time to kind of play legacy if you're used to kind of the slower more shifting metagame people reacting to bob wong's tweets uh instead of actually playing magic uh that is what a lot of people are used to and now people are playing week after week and figuring things out to kind of one-up each other um i know that people are fearing a convergence of the metagame when it comes to these like ren piles and i think that will likely happen to some extent i think that ren decks are going to take a lot of the metagame share because a the deck is very powerful but b i know a lot of formerly displaced check pile players are going to be flocking to this deck uh and e even a lot of Grixis Chris delver players and Chris control players are going to be flocking to a deck like this because it is a grindy a deck that deck that can attack from multiple angles and generates its own built-in card advantage uh, that appeals to a lot of players and i believe that a deck like this is going to see a lot of play um it's very powerful already and obviously i mentioned earlier that i wanted to take a stab at it and work on the deck myself and whether or not like metagame convergence is not a good thing that is kind of the problem with check pile and grixis control um it's again i think it's just way too early to tell uh, any of this on any of this um i will say that also if people kind of play these piles against each other over and over again 
and they do take up more of a share of a metagame, they'll start to kind of up their curve a little bit as well. Uh, you'll see people play more frequently three Jaces, maybe three Jaces, three Narsets, um, Leovolds. Some might play like a, a bug, like a bug shell with only Ren and Six with a red card and play like Zeniths, like, like Reed Duke did um, at GP Louisville in 2016. I, again, just like theorizing here. Um, but when that happens, they'll actually self overcorrect in a lot of cases and then be weak to get weak once again to Delver. Um, and because these decks can't fully support him in their current iteration, uh, the, the, the backbreaking plays that Checkpile had were turn one, Death or Chaman, turn two, Leovold, or turn one, Death or Chaman, turn two, him, plus develop their mana, or cantrip, and so on. Uh, those pathways are not possible because Ren and Six is a two mana card. Um, but it, it's close to that, and you can like support turn three him a lot of times if you wanted to try to try to force that and reach some retooling of the mana base. Um, this deck does not, it's slow, it doesn't necessarily attack from multiple angles, but it appeals to a lot of people because it is fair, blue, and powerful. It is obviously powerful. Um, it's easy to play, easier to play rather than something like Miracles would be, um, because you kind of just do the best thing you can do with your mana every single turn, just like Chuck Pile. Um, that appeals to a lot of people. And, and it is just flat out powerful. If it, if it does create a hom homogenization of a metagame, then that's definitely a time that we need to have that band discussion. Um, but right now, I just see that it's something that, just like Narset, just like Karn, just like Dread or Arcanist, this is a card that people need to react to. Um, and there are definitely ways to react to it. Each of these decks that I said react well to, to Ren decks have their own weaknesses. Um, just like how this deck doesn't necessarily, it doesn't even have perfect mana, it has great mana, but not perfect. Uh, this deck can stumble, and if it does, you can pounce upon it. You can you can do something like this. You can do the the fast lock piece plus uh, dis disruptive per permanent. Um, you can combo kill. You can get underneath them by landing it back to basics and then removing Ren before it can generate value outside of the back to basics. Um, but even then, back to basics, not so stellar against the snow mana base. You can play around it fairly fairly easily. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, it's just difficult to attack Ren, but I think you can. Uh, and I think that with some additional exploration, uh, it's possible to win against Rendex and Heads Up. For example, this list is the Grixis Snow list that I put together uh, for the min-max battle, which actually has an incorrect meta base. Um, the Polluted Delta should be more in number, not not two. This deck might be okay against opposing Rendex, even though it, it just it needs more ways to defeat Ren, and, but uh, you can adjust this deck to leverage better mana and him against Rendex, because Rendex do need uh, a set of things to kind of go their way, otherwise they will probably fall too far behind. They're slow. I think this deck is still good too, uh, the Arcanist Grixis deck, but I think Blue-Red Delver being the better Arcanist deck is kind of the, the, where you need to be if you want to be 
competitive in a meta game where a two-minute planeswalker that can win the game on its own is is around. You have to be, you have to pressure them. You can even uh, do a strategy like the old blue red blue red prowess decks, where you played Swift Spear um, and Dreadhor Arcanist. You could cut down every number of your true, of your true names and just played more low to the ground, price of progressy, Swift Spear type deck. Um, like the basics don't come at it without a cost here either. If you were to somehow deal with or answer Astrolabe, basics are actually usually an inhibition for these decks because their mana colors are so intensive. Um, it's another kind of secret that I think isn't clear on first sight. Astrolabe is actually quite important to them leveraging their basics. So if you can attack them from multiple angles and prevent Astrolabe from hitting the table, you can probably stymie their development fast enough to completely have their plan fall apart against you. Yeah, I've done a lot of talking, um, but overall, I, I think Ren and Six is the is the new central focal point of Legacy. Um, a few weeks ago, it was Dreyhor Arcanist, but Ren, uh, I, I think, is definitely here to stay. There's uh, a multitude of strategies that aren't super clear to me yet on whether Ren um, can fit into. For example, Rugdelver. Uh, obviously, you won the classic. It's seen a lot of results because of Ren and the added dimension that Ren provides it. Um, whether that's powerful enough to actually continue on with kind of these newer Ren decks appearing is somewhat unclear to me. Um, but time will tell. Time will definitely tell. Uh, bottom line, uh, Ren and Six is a powerful addition to Legacy. Uh, extremely polarizing and how people respond to it and the entire metagame is centralizing around it this deck specifically is very very powerful um definitely keep it keep it in in your mind when you're trying to build a deck in, in today's legacy form today's legacy format you should probably have a plan to beat a pile like this uh what that plan is sometimes it's difficult to ascertain but uh strongly recommend planning for this deck at your next legacy event. Thank you very much for watching. Uh, keep an eye out on content uh, here on minmaxblog.com for the upcoming Legacy Unchained League. We just got a handful of new people signed up to play, and it'll be interesting to see. Um, I personally will probably be trying out quite a few fair blue decks. Um, that's kind of my, my forte as a Magic player. Um, but it's difficult to make fair blue work when you have such a wide field that is extremely unknown due to the unbanned list. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, we'll definitely um, looking forward to kind of seeing what everyone brings to the table. Thank you all very, very much for watching. Uh, Min out.